Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Clearmotive Marketing. Thank you to my business partner, Chad Croker, and the entire team who worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make this show a reality. As a founding partner at Clearmotive, I'm excited to announce the official launch of our industrial marketing system. As a company with 15 plus years of experience with a variety of clients in nearly every sector, we identified that industrial manufacturing companies were underserved. You have unique needs, and we have developed a unique skill set to help you succeed. If you build and sell a product that helps other companies, we have developed an industrial marketing system to get your highest priority product in front of your ideal customer profile in less than eight weeks. Gardner recently reported that your buyers are 87% of the way through their buying process before contacting your company directly. That means it's never been more critical to apply the right marketing process to create and close more deals. Our three-stage industrial marketing system helps you shorten your sales cycle by using modern marketing tactics designed specifically for your industry and more importantly, for the way your clients like to buy. Stop sitting on the sidelines wondering which part of your marketing is working and put a system in place that makes it easy for your most valuable prospects to find you and get excited about your solution to their challenges. To find out more about what ClearMotive's industrial marketing system can do for you, please check us out at www.clearmotive.ca IMS, or better yet, open up your email and contact me directly at tyler at clearmotive.ca, T-Y-L-E-R. I'm excited to chat with you and put a plan in place to get your most valuable leads contacting you and not your competitors. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to my guest today, Ms. Kayla Brown. How are you doing, Kayla? Good. How are you today, Tyler? I am awesome. Uh, this will be airing in September, but for uh, anyone who is interested or not, it's Stampede Week. It's 31 degrees going to be today. I think the city is going, coming off the rails. I don't know. I don't think I've ever been invited to this many Stampede events. I don't know if that makes me feel cool and included or slightly overwhelmed and um, intimidated. I think it's a little bit of both, so I don't know. How about, how about you? How's your Stampede? Now that it's in the past, how do you think your Stampede shaped up? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I actually am the total opposite to you. I'm like, what do I have to do to get an invite around here? Okay, like, I, and I find that it's polarized. I've talked to some people and it's like, oh, you feel cool because you get invited, but all of a sudden you're like, oh no, not, do I actually have to go to all these events? What's happening? This isn't new for me. I'm kind of usually more on your front of like, oh, okay. I should be invited to more things. But okay. this year doesn't seem to be that. I think it's the podcast. I think I put myself is out it? there too. I was going to say, my, what I get, do you I get think around. I get around, Kayla. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to a lot of people. And I'm very excited to chat with you. I forget even how, I think we got introduced through a PR company here in town. I forget who. I forget yeah, who Lana. Oh, Lana at uh, Gentle Lion. She's yes. awesome. I'm a huge fan of her. Yeah. She's wonderful. And um, I'm so fortunate. I have so many people. I love our community. We have so many cool people to talk to, including yourself. So let's dive right in. You are the principal architect at Bold Workshop, Workshop Architecture. So let's jump into the little pitch, the, the, the architecturally well-designed pitch elevator. And tell me what Bold uh, Workshop Architecture is all about. So Bold Workshop Architecture is a full-service architecture and design firm. And we... I guess we wouldn't really specialize in necessarily anything in particular. If you want to talk about like a typology, like we just do residential or we just do retail, Okay. but we do single family residential, multifamily residential, mixed use restaurants, retail. We do, we don't do, um, uh, institutional. That's something that we haven't done and that's actually okay. pretty specialized. So, um, we kind of are just interested in, diversity mostly but and it's probably because a lot to do with like i get quite bored like i can't just do you know like <laughs> is that I a symptom of, of 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 um uh career add <laughs> oh my gosh because like i love doing houses but imagine if you just did houses it's like okay the 
it's the program's the same. There's a kitchen, there's a living room, there's bedrooms. And you know, there is a checklist that needs to be met or it's like, Hey, where's the bathroom? No, we decided to do something different. We decided to do something totally different this time. We're not doing bathrooms. It's an outhouse. It's really, it's like, it's everything old is new again. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, I really, I do appreciate that. Is that from a business perspective and as a marketer who has run a full service marketing agency, it can be challenging because we do, we do all the things, but none of the, you know, but we don't, you know, is that a bit of a challenge for you? And I understand that, you know, it's part of your personality, which I do really appreciate. We'll get into kind of the nature of being an architect and what kind of that entails as well. But it, it does that, does it make it more challenging or, or do a lot of the other, your competitors or is there a, a tendency towards specialization or is it more typically showing up this way? And I'm being ignorant because I don't really know a lot about the world of architecture. You know, I have found in my opinion, living here. So I, I studied in, um, in Sydney in Australia and the population there was just a lot bigger than hmm. than in Calgary. And I found that in a larger population, you could really specialize. Like you could really Because there's really enough of do... the one thing and it's unique exactly. enough. Exactly. Uh, I understand. Yep, and that makes I, sense. I think in a smaller market, it's, it's probably better to be able to do a variety of different things because then it opens yourself up to not being, not having to say no. Like, oh no, like I don't do that. So I can't take that on. Um, I think it's for me, at least I found it better that I'm able to do different things because then I can say yes to more different types of projects, which allows me like potentially a larger share of the market. Um, however, that being said, like they have to, the clients and and the groups want to have to achieve like, you know, a level of the design that I'm interested in exploring, which is, you know, trying to push boundaries, do something different, create something new. Like it's not a, it's not a save as architecture firm. Like we're not (laughs) copying and pasting from other projects because again, like I said, I get really bored. So I don't like to do that. Playing to your, playing to your passion. Talk to me about the world of like from the outside and I'm going to proclaim ignorance, which I often do. It makes for a much better interview when I don't pretend to know what I don't know. Uh, Being an architect, it seems pretty sexy. I don't, I don't know why I think that. It's maybe it's the way it's portrayed in Hollywood or film. Yeah, it's a people. common misconception. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to straighten me out from some of our pre-chats. So talk to me a little bit about, like, because obviously, how long have you been an architect for? Well, licensed, I think only like five years. But I, okay. I graduated in uh, 2012. So I started interning at... Yeah, I guess 10 years ago now. So I started okay, interning okay. 10 years so ago. So you've been in was, and around and working yeah. in it. Yeah, officially, but internship. So doing 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 that work. You, you've, you've paid your dues and you know, and I'm assuming you still do as we all do in professional services. You're, there's always some dues paying to be had. But when you're first an intern, so how have you seen, like you said, it's a common misconception. Did it used to be and things have changed drastically? Like part of our goal today is to like peel back the layers to really understand what it is that you do, but also mm-hmm. the, some of the dynamics and we'll get into kind of male-female kind of dichotomies and things like that that but like is it changing rapidly or is it just a misconception it never really was sexy it's always been a ton of work and 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 you know thankless in some ways yeah i think it's always been a ton of work to be honest and i think that because you see sort of like the built product at the end and you hear an architect talk about the story or the concept and you know that sort of kind of shiny beautiful piece of architecture and what it is it's actually like you know five percent design and 95 percent execution like if you think about all the things that have to go into like making a building like 
It's like building science, structural engineering, mechanical engineering, electrical, contractors, like, you know, it's, 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 it really is 95% execution and 5% design. And it's a slog. Like it really is a slog. And, and in terms of like the whole, yeah, shiny aspect too, like there's a huge, I think misconception as well that architects get paid really well. I don't know if we talked about this before, Tyler. Yeah, no, I, we were going to, we were going to get there from a compensation perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, that's the thing, like that people have always thought, I think like, Oh, architects must get paid really well. Like it's this like super prestigious job. And the fact of the matter is, is they, they really don't. And, you know, there's a number of factors that I think uh, contribute to that, but I think the, you know, the biggest one, and I don't know if I'm, I'm jumping ahead at all, um, but am I jumping ahead? Not at all. It's fine. No, that, oh, that's okay. the joy of a conversation. We'll go, we'll circle back, we'll spin around. So no, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think like, like we undervalue ourselves as a, as a collective, <laughs> like we accept less for fees because there's like that like design carrot that is going to give us a sweet project for our portfolio. So like, yeah, we'll do it for less or we'll do it for less. We'll do it for less, like undercutting our, our colleagues in the industry, which like devalues our, our services. And like, it's just creates this, this sort of like race to the bottom versus like, you know, banding together with your, I call them colleagues. Like I don't work with them all, but I actually think like, the other firms in the city and other architects in the city, I would consider them my colleagues, like my colleagues, like we need to band together and just be like, nope, there's a minimum, um, there's a minimum that we can accept to do this type of project or this type of fee. And we're not going below that, but, but we don't do that. Even though we have like, um, a recommended fee guide to follow, it is not enforced. And, and that just leads to, yeah, a race to the bottom. I appreciate so, so there is a fee guide in place. There is what well, you said something earlier about you like to push the boundaries. You like to work on really cool projects where you get to try and do new things. And I can see where that can work against you in any career. And I think being in marketing, so, oh yeah, we'll take on this big client. So then we can say that we worked with them or that we can maybe win an award or we can do something there. And those are often the projects where you take a bit of a haircut on it and you don't get your full fees. And in, in a world of marketing, there isn't a set free structure that's not regulated in, in any way. In your, yeah. in your world, it sounds like there is an association but how do you how do you go and tell a private business then what they can or cannot charge? And I, I, I see the problems that in, in lay with that. So there is an association because you guys are designated, uh, but yet how do you, how do you actually enforce that? It's got to be done from the inside out, not the outside in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has. You to need be. to do I it with each other to make it. We work. need to do it with each other. We need to cooperate yeah, yeah, okay. better with each other. You see it like pretty well you know, dialed in with commercial brokers who we work pretty closely with, but like they don't undercut because they work together so closely. Like you'll get mm. one broker on the landlord side, one broker on the, on the client side or the tenant side, and they have to work together to like come up with a, a rate and they don't want to undercut each other because they want to get paid well. And so when you get that like direct cooperation pretty much on every single job, mm. um, if you were to undercut, like you're getting black barred and no one's doing deals with you. So that's a really good example. I know a lot of people in that industry yeah. and they really take care of like not each other, but just the floor. Like they don't let it go below. They maintain no. it. Cause you're right. If one steps out, it breaks the model for everybody. And then you become the pariah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Interesting. So that, that doesn't sound um, overly appealing as, as a business, but clearly this is something you were, you're passionate about. Talk to me a little bit about even getting into it. And uh, you and I chatted about this offline, so we might as well just, just hit it right at, right out. Being a female in the world of architecture, being a female in the world of quote unquote construction, because that's maybe an easier way to go, oh, architecture's over here, but you are ultimately dovetailing into this construction sector, which yeah. traditionally has been very male dominated. I've had people on the show talking about the realities of that and how you know limiting or frustrating it can be. So world of architecture, although you are in a professional category of construction, you're still kind of working in the construction space. Is that is that a safe way for me to kind of position it? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely are. Um, and if we want to like, kind of like look at school to practice, that's super interesting. So I want to a little bit. Sure. No, I appreciate it. This is an opportunity for people to really kind of peel. I love peeling back the layers. And if you don't understand this industry, here's a good way to learn about it. If you're curious about getting into it or just trying to understand, you know, what is this, what is, what, what, what is exactly that you guys do? Yeah. What's the landscape? Yeah. How does it work? What's going on? So because obviously that leads into how the school system is set up and how that education model is built leads right directly into how it's going to function in the real world. Typically it sets the foundation good or not. Yeah, I mean, you would think so, um, but I have some interesting. <laughs> I have some interesting information for you. So, okay, okay. So I went. I went to school um, for my undergrad in Winnipeg, in Manitoba, okay. and then I did my master's in Australia, in Sydney. And so in school, so in Winnipeg, um, and this was back in the you know mid two thousands. In my undergrad in school, it was fifty fifty uh, men to okay. women. And then okay. in Australia, uh, it was actually 60-40 women to men. And then you think, you know, it's just like, it's equal. Like, there's equal, equal. You'd expect to see a similar sort of makeup when mm-hmm. you get into practice. But only, like, it's less than 30% of women stick to the profession in general. And if you want to talk about licensed architects... In Canada, only it's like 17 to 20% of professional architects are female. So there's a huge, huge drop-off, a huge drop-off. And there are a number of reasons that, and again, this is my experience. And like, mm-hmm, of course. I feel like I should preface it, but I feel like, I feel like the listeners know, like, this is my experience. Yep. Everyone's no, I, I going to be different. Absolutely. Right? No perspective. But those numbers is, are real. If you go from 50, 50 oh, or 60, 40 yeah, down to those, 17 those to 20, like real. that's a real drop off. So we'll that's explore, obviously. And keep in mind, that's the beauty of a podcast. This is your opportunity to share your point of view. You are the expert on the show right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there are many obstacles that prevent or dissuade women from reaching their full leadership potential. And I'm just going to rattle off a bunch that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just that's what I've seen. So there's low and unequal pay and non-family-friendly working hours, Mm. Um, female architects being sidelined by their male counterparts. I've seen that and I've witnessed that in a firm that I worked at. Women are just given like fewer experience building opportunities from project leads. And there's the classic, and this is not limited to architecture, but the law of attraction, like attracts like, like promotes like. So you know, the top majority of leadership positions are held by men. Well, they're promoting men. And that's just the way it is. Like, I, I would promote a woman. That's what I would do. So I yeah, understand no, for, yeah, for, it. I, I, yeah, no, I thank you. I appreciate the both sides of that situation. But yes, he, you know? our cognitive biases are real and they're being reaffirmed constantly by what we look at and what we pay attention to. Constantly, yeah. 
Um, there's like a lack of return or training after maternity leave. And even when you come back after maternity, maternity leave, there's the super stressful working conditions continue. The inflexible hours continue. The crushing deadlines continue. And then you get more job satisfaction and more pay elsewhere. So lots of women just leave the profession. Like if you're an architect, like your training is in almost like critical thinking and analytical problem solving. Like you can work for so many different industries and fields. Like I know people that have went to work for mm. Nike. Okay, that was my question. Like, where where, where, where do you typically go? Oh, interesting. You can okay. like go work for video game companies. Like they all could use architects and I'm sure that they do to mm. build the landscape of where, you know, where video games happen. I don't play video mm-hmm. games. So yeah, where no, the, video the, games happen in the, in the, in the is virtual my world. description. Yes. Yeah. No, I got you. <laughs> Well, it could be in the metaverse happen. if we want to go down that Yeah, it could be in the metaverse. Well, there's, you know, architects the in the understanding of building. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So it's actually, again, I think, like if you think about it, it's like, well, you have to know the industry a little bit more to understand it. A common misconception that it's like external to the profession itself, like it's within the profession. I have found that is what's holding women back. It's not engineers. Mm, it's, it's not never, the other people never, you never work with. Okay. It's not contractors. Contractors are, have always been, if anything, but like nice, uh, show guidance, share knowledge, like hmm. really, really great. I have a really great relationship always with contractors. It's within the profession. That's what. Okay. So it's not the stereotype yeah. that I maybe implied at the beginning, which you're kind of, you're correcting me on. It's not this, no. oh, it's the construction industry and it's kind of male dominated no. as I say it, even in this voice, but that's not the case. It's actually more internal and you, you guys are holding each other back <laughs> just for the sake yes. of like you're, you use the word colleagues. And I really appreciate that as colleagues, you're not supporting each other in a way that equalizes things. It's not the industry itself. Uh, that's a really, I think that's really important to call that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if anything, like contractors are probably, I don't know, like there's no, I feel like there's no intimidation factor for a female architect. Mm. Like they're like here. Yeah. Let me, let me show you. Whereas like, a male architect, male contractor, I feel like it can kind of be, again, this is just my experience, like a little bit competitive, <laughs> like kind of like ego, but with a female, who can, who I find who can not puff at all. Their, puff their chest larger? Kind of, yeah, kind guys of. Guys can be very silly. Let's just let's call a spade a spade. We can yeah, be very, can we be can be very so little boys silly. on the school. Among and, other and things. Insecure. Of course, yeah. I know. And I'm just, we're, we're using broad brushes for the, for the <laughs> entertainment value of this. Not all people or not all guys or all gals, whatever the case may yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's, stereotypes exist for a reason. It's shorthand for sometimes for bad behavior. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Interesting. So I really appreciated your, so is that something as, as a female architect, is that a banner or is that a, is, is that a fight that, that you're willing to take on? Like, cause again, sooner or later, there's gotta be somebody that goes, this is bullshit. We need to do it. We need to do it better. That even the drop off of 50% to 17 to 20, and that's, you're not the only industry I've heard stats like that. Yeah. Uh, I guess how, how, how do, how do we, and I'll use the word we, how do we go about changing it? Because complaining about it's one thing. Creating change is a whole nother thing. Oh, yeah. And I'd love to complain about everything and I'll fight about anything. <laughs> anything. Like, just just give me I didn't, a little You didn't strike me as someone air. who's going to back down. That's why I asked. Yeah. That's why I asked. Yeah. So what, um, what are your thoughts? Obviously, you've gone forward because Bold is your is your own firm, correct? Yeah, Bold is my own firm. And I, I share it with uh, actually a newly minted business partner, um, Darren Polanski. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. So a team, a female team. And even talk about starting your own business. Was there even... 
did that feel like you had no choice but to start your own business to do it the way you wanted? Or was that always part of the journey? Kind of tucking on, t- pulling on the entrepreneurship string, which has become way cooler in the last 10 years than it was probably ever before to be, to be a quote unquote entrepreneur to start your own business. Was yeah. that you felt you had no choice or was that always part of your passion of like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. You know what? I, Tyler, I'm up for anything. So that's just, kind of, <laughs> it's just kind of, it's, it's at the time. So at the time, um, what happened was, is I quit the firm that I was working at to work on my own house, my own development project, um, which I've now built and sold and I'm on to my next development project. And so I quit that development project or sorry, I quit the firm that I was working at to work on my development project. And my friend was working on his own at his own, like named firm, just his own personal name. And mm-hmm. I quit. And then two weeks later, he's like, you know, can you help me on this project? And I was like, well, I mean, I didn't quit my firm to help you, but sure, I'll help you. So we back worked to, on the back project. Back to colleagues, back to, back to the term colleagues. Yeah, okay. exactly. So it went well, and we're just like, well, why don't we just change your named firm into, into a practice? And so, and so that's what we did. So mm. we changed it to Bold. He changed his name practice to Bold, and we became partners at Bold. Um, and yeah, he's no longer with the firm. He actually quit... Um, with the firm and architecture about six months in, he just like had a bit of a life change and um, yeah, he moved on and I, and I kept bold. And, um, and so that, yeah, I mean, among other things, I went back and partnered with my old firm and now I'm back on my own again. So I've had a bunch of changes. Um, And I also, I also think, and I, and I'm not saying that this is the reason why I've done what I've done, but my parents are small business owners my grandparents are small business owners. My brother's a small business owner. Most of my mom's siblings are small business owners. Um, it's like, that's what you do. Like lots I, of people I, are- I, no, Role models are, raised, are huge. I get it. You yeah, know, I get it. lots of people are raised like that if they're in a family of doctors, like everyone is doctors. Mine is like, you own your own business. If you want to make money, you own your own business. And that's mm-hmm. just what you do. And, you know, my life lessons growing up were, um, this is how you treat your staff. And you can't be too good for any job in your company. So you will clean the toilets. Like, (laughs) we don't care. You know, like, so... I'm just like, okay, I'm 10 years old. Like, I don't know. Sure. Okay. Whatever. But you and I I grew up in a similar, when you grow up around it, it just becomes what it is. And you, it's, it's a phenomenal, um, sets the groundwork for a great work ethic. I wouldn't trade it for the world. (laughs) Yeah. And I think people think like, oh, I'm just going to do it myself and I don't want to answer to anyone. Well, yes, you do because you have clients. So you're always answering to someone. Yes, you are. Yes. You're always in the vendor chair in one way or another. Like, what can we do? And the answer is always yes. And we figure it out. And absolutely. You're right. there is a story that gets told and there's a shimmer that gets put on it that you, you don't necessarily know what you're getting into, but that's okay. That's also, I think, part of the entrepreneur journey or, or starting your own business, however you want to be a small, being a small business owner. Exactly. Very cool. I do appreciate the role models in the environment you grew up in where, you know, if, if you're all your parents, if both your parents are doctors, you tend to do that road. If they're both teachers, you tend to go that road. But the entrepreneur or the start your own business, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a framework, but then where you can go with it is really kind of wide open. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Um, and I wanted to touch on two, I guess it was like kind of a two part question. You were wondering like, what can you do in the industry or like, what are you doing? Yeah. And so, I have, so, yeah. You yeah, started your I own business. A- you kind of took, took matters into your own hands, but now this larger problem or cl- clearly the gap that you've identified that, yeah. Cause that's a, that's kind of a bigger mission and purpose, if you will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so there is this group 
That's called BEAT in there in Toronto. So it stands for okay. Building Equality in Architecture Toronto. And they started in 2015. And there's now a bunch of regional chapters from coast to coast all over Canada. And I am currently a member um, and part of the steering committee of BEA Calgary. And so basically, BEA is a ground-up initiative that promotes equity and diversity in the city building profession. So our organization aims to basically support, celebrate, and connect practitioners working in architecture, landscape architecture, interior design, urban planning, and in the construction industry. So we use an intersectional and cross-disciplinary approach to support leadership, mentorship, networking opportunities um, in our professional community. So that's a group that's trying to, you know, raise awareness, um, celebrate the multiplicity of voices, hands and mm -hmm. minds who plan and design our communities. And have you got a, what's the uptake been like in Calgary? So it's been good, but we have had a struggle with COVID. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Unfortunately, like it's hard to have a conversation. Well, we, we took us 20 minutes before we brought up the word COVID, so we did pretty I good know. so far. Ugh. I know, I know. The, the, the fatigue around the word or the concept of reality, but it's had impact, and sometimes in good ways in terms of like it pushed some things forward, so I don't want to be negative. Other ways, it just made things harder. <laughs> we take the same yeah. things to make them more difficult, so fair enough. Yeah, mm. and so we're, we've had like a few meetings since, and we're trying to like figure out sort of our direction here and like what we want to do and... The, the idea was, is that you have these people in the steering committee and like each person would plan an event once a month and then it would kind of like lighten the load. Um, and it mm. tends to be, you know, the same people kind of like planning events and they're getting a bit tired. And so we're trying to figure out, okay, so what do we do going forward and um, how do we organize ourselves to make the most effective but you know, decrease the workload for this group. It's like so. the school, it's the school project. Four of us are working on it, but yet one of us is doing the work and three of us is not doing anything. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. Kinda, yeah. Which is tough because everyone's busy. And are, is your sector like Calgary, there seems like there's a lot of activity. Again, Toronto, Vancouver, lots of building, lots of construction. Does that reflect back to your your industry or your you being busy? Or is there a disconnect between those two things? I look out and see cranes and I see like there's yeah. three houses being built within two minute walk of my house. Is that something that's a reflection of how busy your world is or are they slightly disconnected? You know, I'm not, I don't have a finger on the pulse of like what all my colleagues are doing, but me personally, no, I am not busy right now. Um, I'm not, which is why it's exciting for me to work on my own development project. So I have the ability to, you know, pay myself. So like in our loan that we're going to get, there's going to be like a salary portion for me oh, okay. that's right. worked so into the kind of creating your, creating your back, back to being the business, small business owner, you're creating your own opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you are at a size maybe like a mid-sized firm. Um, and I'm not a mid-sized firm, I'm a small firm. But if you're in a mid-sized firm, it's really, really hard to compete with the bigger firms for work mm. because they are a dialed in, you know, assembly line, so to speak. And they're super, super efficient. They've got people in their roles and they can do things like at a lower fee. And then if you're like a really small firm, which is me, your overhead is super low, so you can also do things like a little bit. That more middle, affordable. that middle zone is 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 can be a really tough area here. Is right. tough, and yeah. I also think I just am worried about the profession and where it's going with fees. 
And, and, you know, you see the cost of everything rising. Well, I don't see my fees rising with that. That's a scary, scary thing for me. And, you know, to be honest, I, I made more money building and selling my house than I did, than I do being an architect. And so if I'm able to have a development architecture studio and I can have a, you know, somewhat steady stream of my own work, my own projects. That it I'm almost feels like it's required. Myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, then I, then I don't have to say yes to every project to keep the lights on. And I can say yes to the projects that I actually want to do um, instead of having to say yes to everything and perhaps do things that are either like extremely stressful for low pay or something that doesn't tick the design boxes that I mm-hmm. necessarily want to explore. So that's, you know, that's what myself and Darren are both doing. He also built and sold his own house. And so he is also interested in doing the develop architect developer architect route. And that's what we're exploring together. And we're both like really excited about it. Which is that, would it, would it be considered like more of a hybrid model as an architect or is it just being creative and finding a business model that allows you to do what you're passionate about and, and, and earn a, a living and wage and sustain the business at the same time? It's like basically, again, What's yeah. a hybrid model and what's just finding a model that works and survives and then calling it your business? <laughs> exactly. It's just that. And lots of, and you know what? Actually, tons of architects do it and you can okay. go on. It kind of makes arch- sense from the outside. Yep. When you say it, I'm like, that sounds weird. Well, it doesn't. It actually sounds like it makes a perfect well, sense. Well, we spend totally. our entire profession making developers rich, so... <laughs> The, the problem well do, it and do the thing right exactly the problem is is like getting the cash to to do it because architects don't make a lot of money to save the money to actually do it takes a lot of work or to or to find the financing right like you know if you have a affordable component to your project well there's funding out there but you gotta dig deep to find it and you gotta well, that's do a, a lot that can of be a part-time work. part-time job unto itself exactly. just getting access to those kind of exactly things. yeah you you walk into the bank and we'll pick any any we'll just call it a financial institution you walk into a financial institution i'm an architect and i'm going to build this project and sell it do they look at you like any other small business and kind of walk you out in one door and out the other kind of thing well that- i i go in with my husband who's a petroleum engineer and then they don't so okay <laughs> Use your okay. Use the assets that are available to you. You just gotta use what you got. Yeah, but no, which, which I appreciate. Yeah, and he loves it. Like it's really exciting for him. <laughs> That's a great he, answer, by the way. <laughs> well, let's just call hey, a spade a spade, honest. shall we? I yeah, have to yeah, be I honest. It. I can't. I can't like let all these architects think that they can just like make money being an architect and then you can go develop projects because I wouldn't be able to do it if I wasn't married to him. It's just yeah. plain and simple. But at least we're you know we're doing something. I think. That's really nice for the community, um, in my opinion. And, and he really likes it too, so that's great. Well, again, life is about a team. And you know what I mean? I'm, I've been married 19 years, about five, about a week ago. And it is a team play. And Congratulations. You, 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 thank you very much. I'm very excited about it. I've lucked out. I, I, my wife is amazing, and I couldn't be happier. But it's a partnership. <laughs> it's an arrangement. It's a business. It's, and I don't want to minimize it in any way. But at the same time, after 19 years, like you have a rhythm, and you contribute. And to hear you saying, no, no, this is how we do it, and that's just the way it is. I, I, kind of, I loved it, because mm-hmm. you, you, didn't, you didn't paint a false picture. There is a, there is a value of bringing a team to, to play. <laughs> and everyone has their different assets. I just, I love that a lot and, and, and appreciate your, your honesty around it. So going forward, where do you see like, like so many professional services industries getting commoditized and then we lose the thing. Cause again, building an amazing, and you and I joked about this first time we met, I don't know how many times, like I live in South Calgary, so Marta Luberia. Yeah. And there's a lot of unique development here. 
And there is yeah. a lot of shit. I walk by a house. I'm like, who designed this thing? Like, and I go, it, beauty is in the eye of the beholder for sure. But I'm like, the no windows are too did. small. The roof is too off. The pitch is not right. Like, I'm not an architect, but I just, I can look at something and it's not aesthetic. And compositionally, it's, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't sense. make sense. I'm like, I don't know anything, but I know that that looks terrible. And I always joke to my wife. I'm like, we've been doing this for how many years? How are we still getting it wrong? But to you, you just said it. Who designed it? Nobody. Uh, somebody mm -hmm. pulled up the computer, grabbed a piece of technology, figured out how to use the technology, but didn't know any of the principles around good design and built a house. And then somebody then threw a bunch of two by fours together and parked it, you know, a block over from my house <laughs> and then tried to sell it for a million dollars. That's yeah. the other thing. But and anyway, so I'm ranting a little bit <laughs> about my No, but it's walks. true. <laughs> it's true. Like, I just think those builders, you know, they could pick a house from a book and yeah. they plop mm -hmm. it on this street, that street, the next street over, change the color, change whatever, the siding, change the fascia. I don't know what they do. I don't even use fascia. I'm just saying words I know exist. Um, <laughs> you know, they do that and, and that's how they make money is that they don't actually have that design phase. They go straight yeah, into like the permits with the city and it takes a really special person to invest in an architect. Like mm, I'm talking, that, your yeah. budget's a million dollars. You have to take nine hundred thousand for the build and a hundred thousand for the architect. And oh, okay, is that is it. that is that the rough formula? Like give or take, like around a I bucks? would say that's mm. a good a good way to do it. And then you shave off, you know, whatever square footage that is. Give it to the architect. Yeah, yeah. And you don't need the space because they'll design a more efficient space, anyways. So, but we're addicted to big floor plans and square I footage know. and numbers that actually are used to sell. Like, let's put on my marketing hat. Like, well, we're going to get X amount of square feet. But then you've got areas of your house that are dead spaces that aren't functional because no one thought them through. But, oh, but you've got 3,000 square feet, but you, don't right, use, exactly. but you don't use a thousand of it because it was poorly designed. Yeah. And you know what? Hmm. That's so interesting. Um, we, we tried to sell our house um, with traditional realtors and, you know, our realtors, we, we love them and they're fantastic, but it couldn't sell. It didn't sell because we had less square footage or, you know, the scale of the house that you would typically get. And yep. we couldn't sell uh, 2D like plans on paper. It's the yeah, volume and it's the experience and it's the story. And we ended up working <laughs> with Studio North. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Um, yeah. So Studio North had success selling one of their projects um, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, kind of like target marketing. And, they, and I know and they them told it, and they created a story. And <laughs> I, they created a story. Yeah. And you know what they did? They actually created a company too called Arc House that now just sells like architecture designed houses. And so hmm. both Darren I and I, that. same thing. We couldn't sell our houses with traditional realtors, partnered up with them. They created like really beautiful videos really nice, uh, a really nice website, super nice write up and both of the houses sold. And that's a great, I, I love from a marketing perspective. I love the twist you put on that of you can't put it in with the rank and file kind of bulk sales model of like no. square footage and dollars per square foot and all those little formulas that we do when you create comparatives. I haven't yeah. bought a house for a while, but I get, I get the concept. Uh, you had to create a story, which you had to put on your marketing hat, which I really, yeah. I, I, well, I, selfishly, I really like that story. <laughs> yeah. And I actually think that hmm. your listeners would be super curious to learn more about this kind of private sale you know, company that they created, like, it's really, really interesting. And I think they've done a really good job. And 
And that's a way as like an architecture firm, because they're, you know, design build, um, they're, they're trained as architects. They got their master's in architecture, but they never went through with the licensing, their design build. And they're making money through just, you know, selling houses, which is like a really smart business move. It's interesting. The house I bought nine years ago, um, yeah. ICF construction, um, eco-friendly, in-floor mm-hmm. heating, solar collectors on the roof. They tried to sell it for a long time, could never sell it. And my wife and yeah. I kind of stumbled into it by accident. And we're like, oh, wow. And then the, the, what really happened was our realtor goes, well, actually, do you want to meet the builder? I was like, yeah. So the builder came over and spent like two, three hours with us. And he's got like one or two houses a year. And he always pushes, this was built in 08. So he was yeah. pushing the fringe of a lot of the eco, um, eco things that are becoming more standard now. But it took that story to get us, and we couldn't be happier but when yeah. i'm like man whenever we go to sell this thing which my wife says it's never so i don't even I don't, <laughs> don't tell her i was even talking about it um <laughs> that's who i would need because you have to buy into this whole vision of why you bought this house and the energy savings and the footprint and all the things that you're doing of why it's designed the way it is but if i didn't have someone to tell me that story i probably would have moved on the yeah. story was and i couldn't be happier now that i've i kind of bought into it and i was like all right i'm all in yeah. and i love it i couldn't live in a quote unquote normal house anymore because i'm like why no. it's, they're so poorly made and i have friends that buy houses and there's no insulation in the walls but yet the but it, but yet the lipstick looked beautiful but it was so poorly poorly built underneath that he freezes in the winter because they only insulated a third of the house and then they just stopped like things stories yeah. like that that you yeah. run into that are like yeah but it looked pretty but it was garbage underneath yeah <laughs> Exactly. And there's a lot. Then we're going down another, another, another road. But you, I really like the. I really well. I love the entrepreneur nature of a studio north. What they did and how they saw that opportunity. Because there's people out there that are looking for things like that. They just don't know because you get into the normal funnel of real estate and mm-hmm. you get the comparatives and they're all comparing the same features without really understanding livability or you know just unique nature of it. Very cool. Yep. And do you see Calgary? Uh, are <sighs> Do we like our cookie cutter houses here or is there, is there a shift and is that something you're even aware of? Like I think of other markets, Montreal, Vancouver, you have bigger markets, more unique things. You see more houses like, whoa, that's really interesting. That's weird. I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but you drive around suburban Calgary. It's like three versions of the same house done over and over and over and over and over again. So is there maybe a trend as we get to be a little bit of a bigger city where people have a little, and that maybe just your own point of view, where people start to go, I don't want to live in the house that three of my neighbors already have. I want something different. I want something unique. <laughs> I'd or like maybe to, hope, maybe we're just being hopeful. I'd like to <laughs> think so, you know, Tyler, but I, I don't know. It like, all starts I, with the dream, Kayla. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I honestly think it's the hurdle of the cost. I think there's like, yeah. you know, the mis, the, again, the commonest misconception that we cost a lot of money, um, which we do, I guess we do. Um, and, and, you know, for single but it's family, relevant to value and relevant to output. But now, now I know now we're, now we're yeah. speaking like two professionals, like, well, it's only expensive if it doesn't get you what you want. And you know, all, exactly. all those comments that come after that, but in a world of like, just give me the simplest formula of numbers and dollars per square foot. You're, you're right. It, it, and my builder, I've, I've become friends with him cause he still does some work on our house and he gets so frustrated about building a house and the house across the street sells for a little bit more because they invested on the things in his opinion actually don't matter. And they didn't invest mm. in design and proper build and the house itself uh, structurally. And he gets quite frustrated about the building that goes on, especially in the inner city where they're just throwing houses up yeah, and putting some stucco on the outside. And you're like, if you watch it being built, you're like, Oh no, God, whoever buys that house is like, it's open. You know, anyways, there's a couple of houses on my street. Literally they've been sitting open for like a year and then boom, they just put the drop, put the stucco on and now they're good to go. I'm like, Oh my God, that house is a disaster underneath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, you have to think of it as, or if you could think of it as, like the architecture fees are part of the construction costs and they're part of the mortgage. Like, like I said, like if you want to spend a million bucks, like spend a hundred thousand on the architect, spend 900 on 
on the house. And that isn't even necessarily like full architecture fees, but that would get you something pretty nice. That's interesting. Well, it helps give a formula because I think a lot of people just don't know. You know, like, yes, I know what an architect is, but it kind of stops there. <laughs> yeah, like, what exactly. What is it like and how do you work with them? And, you know, what, 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 sh- what should, quote unquote, things cost, which is, is tough. And which also leads to, like you, you've talked about, the commoditization. And I really like the, the story you told. Like when you're small and you've got low overhead, you can do things at a certain price. If you're mid-size, you're actually the worst size. You're the worst because size. Because if you have the skills to do what you need to do, you have high costs. But if you're bigger and you've created a bit of a machine where you can pump things through and it's kind of the the intern model or the associate model where you've got yeah. a bunch of people just churning through work. Super efficient and, model. Yeah. And they're learning because they're following a formula, which maybe doesn't always give you the output of uniqueness. Like the, the, you know, what'd you, what'd you call it? Copy, not copy paste, but save as. Save as, yeah. Save as. File, yeah, no, save that, as. Save, file, save as. Oh, I, 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 I like that because immediately, yeah, yeah. It's like, I feel like that way when I work with my lawyer. I'm like, you charged me how much to just change a few things in a document? I know. You changed he just did a file, A hundred times as. and sent back to me and charged me a thousand dollars. Like, come on. This is, you had this in the can before I called. Don't, don't make me sound like, don't make me feel like you wrote it from scratch. Exactly. Oh my God. Um, but clearly you're very passionate about it. I picked that up the first time you and I chatted about like, you're doing what you do because, because you love to do it and you've found a way to make it work. So you've just, you've just bought a new house. Uh, sorry, you've just bought a new, into a new project that's put you into a home yeah. that you're eventually going to turn into something bigger. Is that where you see? Like, is that the road ahead for your business? So- sounds like that's the business model that you guys are really landing on of, yeah, we want to do some cool work, but in the meantime, we're also working on some of our own cool work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like, you know what? Like I said, we are slow right now. Um, I don't want to wait around for somebody to hire me. I think I'm a pretty good architect. I'm going to hire myself. So (laughs) I love it. I love it. I don't know. I just, that's how I kind of felt about my house is like, we were thinking we want to buy a house. We want to move. We lived in the Beltline, which I really, really miss just for the record. I miss living down there, but Inglewood to me is a suburb. I'm in the suburbs now. And it's, it's You're across okay. the river. There's the, G, there's a bridge. So there's the a geography. Bridge. Yeah, yeah. I'm there's in the a, suburbs. Yeah, the commute is 10 minutes. Like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> but we did, we looked at, you know, we looked at a lot of places to, um, to live. And I just was like, you know what? I don't like anything. I'm not going to live in a house that somebody else designed i just can't do it because i don't well, like you'd probably it be fr- and- you'd be frustrated every day I, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. you'd be like why did we do it this like yeah why, why <laughs> is this like this oh my gosh so <laughs> then we i think it's best you just build your own home I, that would yeah be my so we just advice. were like let's do it and and i said you know i really want to work on a house and i am not gonna wait around for someone to hire me to do it i'm gonna just do it myself so the only cool. person I, I, really I can rely that. on is myself, right? That's that's a <laughs> oh, terrible yes. mindset to have. But it is um, a terrible mindset. But I hear you. Some days, it, some days it gets you through to the next day, and you just, and you just exactly. So very logistical question. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm zigzagging all over the place. So you, no, it's okay. How much are you on site? Like you, you've got the plans, you've got the vision, and like now you're working with contractors. Are you literally on site every day? Like oh, for my own with project. Yeah, yes. we're typically for as an architect. Project, how yes. much not are you for, there? Not for clients. No. Okay, no, no okay. Not for, your for, own pro- for your own project, I'm sure you're all over it. <laughs> oh, well, because for my own project, I like did a half-assed drawing set, so I had to be. I'm like, I'm not going to draw it all. Why would I, I do got, that? I, that's that's super crazy. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, <laughs> the shoemaker's kids always have holes in their shoes. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know what it needs to be. I'll just be there and I'll tell them. I'll, I'll just be there. I was there. like, oh, there's supposed to be a fireplace there. And they're like, oh, you didn't, you didn't put that on your drawings. I was like, you didn't ah, see the little squiggle all up um, here. Yeah. It was all fair up enough. here. But when Sorry. it's, when you're doing it for a client, you typically will drop off the plans and make sure everybody's clear. And then they will run with them building it up. Yeah. So then it just depends on the scale of the project. Sometimes it's bi-weekly. Sometimes it's weekly. It just totally depends. But yeah, usually 
bi-weekly is a good thing to assume. Um, and then as required, like, oh, hey, such and such is going on. Can you come down? And for sure, most single family residential, we actually do hourly. It ends up being more affordable for the client that way. Oh, okay. Um, mm. So, so like then a time, I can time come and materials down. style approach. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Which, and then I yeah. can come whenever I get called down. Okay. That might, I was always curious about how much you kind of spend on site versus go, here you go, you know, do, 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 follow, follow, follow the puzzle, follow, follow the map, follow, follow the plans. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the more you go, the more you can proactively catch things because believe it or not, like you do and you spend all this time doing the drawings, but not a lot of people look at them. Like the funniest time ever was at my, my house and I showed up and the framers are framing, uh, uh, in the laneway because we did a laneway above the garage they're framing the laneway that was like two versions old and i was like whoa 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 guys there's no window there like what's going on and they're like huh these are the plans we got and i was like oh my gosh those are two versions old <laughs> so just things like that where like doesn't necessarily trickle down to all the trades or like it gets to the trades boss like the framing owner yeah, yeah, of the no, company and he doesn't distribute the drawings and then all of a sudden someone's framing a window and you know, a plan that's two versions old. So the more you go, the more you catch stuff like that. And things don't, you things actually don't go, save. go wrong in construction projects, do they? <laughs> no, never. Coming together of a hundred different people to a common goal. Absolutely not. It's so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I appreciate the context. We're doing a small project <laughs> at the house now. And I'm like, oh my God, if I ever want to build a house, I was saying with my wife, if I ever even dream about building a house, just talk me out of it. Because we're doing a small project. I'm like, how many things can go like, and, and now you've got uh, supply issues and like, there's so many other factors. There's so many. My, my poor contractor, yeah. I think, and he's also building a house simultaneously and then trying to take his family on vacation. I feel bad for the guy. Like okay. literally, I'm sure of his phone. I don't want to be the, like, when I call him, I'm like, I'm just one of a hundred calls you've gotten in the last hour. I get it. <laughs> oh yeah. And our, so, and on our projects, like contractors are like, yeah, we can't get that toilet for 12 months. I'm like, what? I know. The it's hell ridiculous. is going on? <laughs> we do uh, mirrors. I heard is the other thing. Mirrors and toilets are the two right now that I know. Toilets are killing me. Yeah. Killing me. <laughs> come on. You can take, come on. You don't really need a toilet. Do you? You can go to the You don't really need here. a toilet. Well, I know there's, a, we work with a big home builder here in town. We do their marketing and they, they've delivered, I don't think, think they were okay, but one of their competitors delivered homes. I think we've all heard these stories with one working toilet and the other bathrooms were kind of like, like taped off. Like you can't use these until it's because we, we can give you the house because you want possession, but it only has one functional toilet. <laughs> I guess it depends how many, how big your family is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sooner or later it comes down to, is there going to be a toilet? <laughs> is there going to be a toilet? Well, so it's not uh, all glamour. It's not all Yeah, glamour. exactly. Kayla, thanks so much for coming on and just having an honest chat about kind of the world you live in and some of the do's, the don'ts, the, the highs, the lows, and and but also clearly how passionate you are. And I love it. Just just do it is kind of a little bit of the underpinning theme I heard uh, throughout the show. So um, bold workshop workshop architecture. Sorry, I have a speech and I have a speech stutter today. How do people get a hold of you? Where do they find you? Go check out your website. What are the, what are the best ways? We'll send them. In yeah, the right, in the right um, I would say our website. So boldworkshop.ca yeah, and cool, cool Instagram bold.workshop. Those are the two. Yeah. Those are the two best spots. I mean, I'm obviously on LinkedIn. If you're a professional, you can just find me Kayla Brown with an E with an E at the end of. Yes. There's a few other Kayla Browns without E's when I mistyped it this morning. (laughs) Yeah, I know it does get people, but it distinguishes me a little bit from the other Kayla Browns. Um, so there's that. So for the professionals, actually lots of people get a hold of me on LinkedIn. So you can also catch me on there. I appreciate it. It's the one social media platform that still hasn't, uh, slipped too far into the realm of like, ah, oh, this is wasting my time. It actually is still a more useful tool than it's not. I would say, Honestly, <laughs> I don't, feel, that I don't be... feel that way after some of my other ones, some of my other social media times. I'm like, that was 10 minutes. I can't get back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
Gail, thanks so much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And I look forward to running you into you around town because that's the way Calgary is. It's the biggest small town ever. Yeah, maybe it's some stampede events. I'm only going to one, so maybe I'll see you there. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll circle. We'll connect our dots afterwards because maybe I have a few. I've kind of lost track. They're just in my calendar now and I'm, do, I'm, doing, my, I'm doing the route. But I'll, uh, I'm, I'm sure we will cross paths. Gail, thanks so much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thanks, Tyler. I really appreciate it. 